This podcast is proudly part of the Paranormality Radio Network. Visit ParanormalityRadio.com to find binge-worthy podcasts dedicated to all things paranormal and creepy. From conspiracy to cryptid, you'll find it here. Hey everybody, welcome to I Have a Strange Story podcast. I am your host today, Rebecca, and it's just me. And I'm also having some technical difficulties, so my apologies for the poor quality. Um, But hopefully it'll just be for this intro and type of stuff because I have something else recorded for you guys to listen to later. Um, So this is episode 91, I believe. And um, so for now, it's still solo, um, but Lindsay should be coming back very soon. So we're all very excited about that. And... um, I I do understand that this is late, but like I've said, I've had some technical difficulties and um, I had um, a nice weekend and I just needed um, some time off for a little bit. I've been having some things going on. Um, So I just wanted to remind everybody that we're still doing the National Black Justice Coalition fundraiser this month. And thank you so much to everybody who's bought t-shirts. I think that that's that's great. I've seen some of y'all in them and y'all look wonderful. So thank you so much. Um, If you're still interested in one of those, um, just let us know what size and style you want. We have men and women's style, and they range from uh, extra small to extra large. Uh, But we're supposed to be getting some some inventory um, update on that. So whenever I get that, I can can get you a little bit more information. But uh, just check with us to see if if we have your size. Um, You can also donate just by listening to these episodes. So that's the easiest way to donate is just listen, uh, share us with your friends if you think that your friends would like us. And for every time that you hear that Anchor ad, we get one penny to towards that fundraiser. And um, that's why we've also been posting some episodes of our friends. So shout out to our, uh, our friends who have donated an episode for this podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, you'll be listening to another one very soon, one of my favorites. They're all my favorites, what can I say? Um, kind of a podcast junkie. Um, but anywho, oh, last thing, you can check Redbubble if you want to get any of our other merchandise. Go there. There's a couple of different designs. And you can put that design on whatever you want. T-shirt, wall hanging, mask, whatever you feel like doing, you can do that. So um, so this topic is is maybe maybe a little bit hard. It's going to be a little hard for me. Um, but it was a listener request, um, and I thought that this time to talk about it was fitting. So, um, so what we're going to be talking about today is, um, our pets and what happens to them after they pass on. So, um, (laughs) you can imagine this is going to be rough. Um, our pets... They become so much more to us um, as humans. And what started out as this symbiotic relationship where um, I help you, you help me, has just evolved into this companionship that we get from our pets. It's, it's one of the best relationships, I think, that we have on this earth available to us. Um, we can be having the worst day of our life and we can come home and our pet's there and our pets comfort us. Um, they can make a 
a good day even better just by just by hanging out with us. Um, and the amazing thing about pets is that they just love us unconditionally. And I think that for the majority of us, that feeling is mutual. Um, we love our pets unconditionally, and um, and they they can be our children. Um, they can be our best friends. They can be our parents. There's there's no role that they can't fill. Um, they're just, in my opinion, they may be the best thing that, that we get to experience while we're alive. Um, but we all know that, you know, at some point we're going to have to say goodbye to them. And that's the price that we pay for this, this unconditional love. Um, are we blessed with longevity or are we cursed? I just don't know. So it's, it's, it's the worst part is knowing that the day that you look into their eyes is the day that there will be a day that you have to say goodbye. So, um, we're just so lucky to have them in our lives and being these loving companions with, um, you know, we're just lucky. And, um, I think that because we have such a close relationship with our pets, we often are wondering what happens to our pets after they die. And I think, you know, if, if, if you have strong roots in your faith, or if you are in contact with the spirit realm, you probably know what happens to us when we die. But then there's people like me um, who, who don't have that type of contact and don't have that type of faith. And so we're just left thinking, you know, what happens to my pet? Um, do they just poof and nothing happens? And, and that's, that's something, you know, romantic in its own way, Lindsay would say. Um, or do they go to heaven or some form of afterlife? So... Sorry, death is a mystery. Um, we, uh, you know, where do we go when we die is a question that we never stop asking. Um, unless, of course, you know. <laughs> Some people have had near-death experiences in that. Um, and you get a glimpse into what the afterlife, afterlife is like as well. Um, so we have heaven and hell. Um, do we, we have a judgment, perhaps, if we've done enough good things on this earth um, to to allow our spirits to go into heaven, or were we kind of shitty people and uh, we deserve to go to hell to atone for our sins? Um, it just you know, I guess it just really believes it just really matters what you believe um, where you go afterwards. But we just don't know about what happens to our spirits. Um, but there are some people that believe that our spirits, our our pets, go into the spirit spiritual realm. And the spiritual spiritual realm is kind of where we begin and where we end up. And um, it sounds like it's a collection of... Our life is kind of a collection of lessons that we learn and what we want to experience. And um, whenever we get to the spirit realm after leaving our body, we have the option of sticking around um, with our loved ones that are still living or... We can move on to a new life or we can just stay where we're at. You know, if that's 
uh, in the spirit realm if that's where they're you're happy so um one person who um, who talks about this is a world-renowned uh, psychic and pet psychic named Sonia Fitzpatrick. And she says that our pets may have left our their physical body, but they are always with us in spirit. Whenever you need them, just ask. Um, in her book, There Are No Sad Dogs in Heaven, Sonia retells her experiences with uh, grieving pet owners and explains that, yes... Of course our pets go to heaven. Um, they go to a spirit realm, or heaven, or whatever you want to call it, um, where they meet with past companions that have passed, um, with family members that have passed, and theirs and ours alike. And, um, and they're happy, and they want us to be happy. And um, I just, I recently listened to the book on Audible, and um, it's really helped me... Um, process the whoo it's really helped me process the uh, the passing of my dog Foo and um it's just been really nice being able to pop in my earbuds, take a long walk on the path that we used to take, and just listen. Sorry. Just listen to Sonia or the uh, the narrator. Um, just give people relief about uh, what their pets are going through in the afterlife and. Um, how they're happy. They aren't mad at us and they just want us to be happy. So um, that's been a blessing. And um, I like to just imagine that she's with me. But just healthy and happy and free of pain. But, but yeah, I fucking cry in public. Just like I'm doing now. So please excuse me. But it is a hard topic. Um, so, um, <laughs> I am just grateful for Audible right now. And uh, it's got a lot of titles about um, how to, to deal with the loss of a pet. Um, and if you're not dealing with the loss of a pet, you have a new pet, they have... Um, books or audiobooks about training. Um, so um, it's it's helpful in many realms. Um, and then if you do need something to help you cope, they have that as well. So give them a listen. Um, Sonia Fitzpatrick's book is on there. It's um, There Are No Sad Dogs in Heaven, and that's really helped me. And um, I'm really happy that I signed up with it. And I think that next time I'm going to choose something a little bit more lighthearted, maybe something, you know, scary. And um, I'm looking forward to that. So that's going to be good. And if you want to sign up for Audible, go to audibletrial.com slash strange story. And um, you can get a 30-day 30 30 day free trial. It's $14.95 after that. Um, there's thousands of books. If you don't like books, you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to the news. You can um, also learn about... Um, like wellness programs. 
So audibletrial.com slash strange story and uh, get your first 30 days free. $14.95 after that. And it's completely worth it. So, um, so like I said earlier, this is really hard. And uh, maybe one of the hardest episodes that I have to do. And, um, and I wanted to share my experience with you because in with this request of doing pets, talking about pet spirits, and it just kind of coincided with the death of my dog, I decided that I would um, book a session with a pet psychic. And so I had uh, recorded my session with this woman called Allison Pitcher. She is a pet psychic, and I met her a couple years ago um, at a metaphysical um, festival. And she was really nice, and uh, she talked to me about um, some of my pets that were living. And um, she she talked she did a reading for me, and we talked about my pets that have deceased. And she's also just kind of went into what it takes to be a psychic and what she goes through and stuff like that. So I just want to give a shout out to Allison for agreeing to be recorded and agreeing to um, to uh, letting people hear about your process and what goes on. And if you would like to get in touch with her to do your own reading, you can go to boulderpetpsychic.com and I will leave that in the show notes as well. And uh, once again... Um, just thank you, and I'll try to cry less. Bye. Well, it may be with the blessing of the Supreme Being, whatever happens during this reading, may it benefit all of us in our spiritual growth, understanding, compassion, amusement, abundance, and self-love, and bring us closer to the God of our own hearts. Amen. Would you please say your full name three times, please? Uh, Rebecca Montiel, Rebecca Montiel, Rebecca Montiel. So you are running a sort of dark um, raspberry on your crown. So I'm going to read you at a light raspberry in my crown. And what would you like to look at in your reading? Um, I would like to, um, I guess, look at my, my past pets. Okay. Um, well, uh, why don't you give me the first one you want me to look at? Just say, um, its name three times and, you know, let me know if it's a cat or a dog. Cause I know, you know, what color. Sure. Um, so this is my pit bull, um, foo. Um, and she's white with gray spots. She recently passed away. Um, foo, foo, foo. Okay, she's here. Is there anything you wanted to talk to her about specifically, or? Um, just that I miss her. Yeah. She is still working out um, what she went through in her body. You know, she's not kind of out there relaxing yet. She's still processing and... Um, 
was there a health issue or some kind of reason yeah, for she, her? Mm -hmm. She had a, a brain tumor. Yeah, so that's even adding, um, especially to the fact that she uh, didn't think so straight before she passed. There was some difficulty sorting things out. Yeah. And it, it seemed to be affecting the rest of her body as well. Some blood uh, issues. I see some blood issues as well. And what does she think? Let's ask her. So she's saying a couple things. One, she was saying she was surprised about her death, that she was not um, planning so much or aware of how she was going to die. And it looks like part of that is because she wasn't particularly um, experienced in a dog's body. She's She was... Um, she had a couple lifetimes of being a dog, but uh, so she was still learning how to be in touch with her body. So something happened to her body and uh, it didn't, uh, she didn't pick it up before. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but she really liked being a pit bull that especially she liked that physicality that they have and she also mm -hmm. says is saying to you that you were uh let's say uh it's hard you know i'm seeing as in a picture so i'm trying to put it in words uh, like better than she could have hoped for is what she's saying like the, the you were um both taught her a lot but always made her feel safe and so that she felt she could learn as much as she could in that lifetime um, without um, stress. She was, uh, I think her uh, life started out stressful. And so she, uh, she appreciated that you gave her a safe and stress, stress, less stressful life. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Her stresses look like things like, I wish the door was open. Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she she liked to bang on the door if she wasn't outside with us. Yes, well, they're cats, really, pit bulls, so. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like closed doors. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so she did look like there were there was a lot of what I call like a bringing things together in her life. She had started out kind of wanted to know like what it was like to be discombobulated and then come together. Um, mm -hmm. So she did take a big step spiritually um, in this, in that, in her lifetime with you because she wow. was able to have time to reflect or um, uh, kind of make conclusions, pull things together. Hmm. So that I am seeing a lot of contentment with her life. And the animals don't really look at death the same way we do. Or if she had a shorter life than you thought she should have had, that's kind of not how they look at life. So she doesn't have a lot of um, residual stuff about any of that. Okay. 
in terms of uh, agreement with you, let's see, in terms of what she was working with you and on your fifth chakra, um, specifically your thyroid gland. Um, so um, fifth chakra from her fifth chakra as well and her sixth chakra. So like I see line connecting the two of you that way and her work with you was on that uh, invalidation as a female that gets stuck in the thyroid sometimes. So uh, some, it doesn't necessarily look like even in this lifetime, but other lifetimes as well of um, the regular old female invalidation, let's put it, that we all experience as females, but also some of the specific events and things uh, that, ways that relationships have invalidated you that have gotten kind of stuck in there and all of them uh look like your choice in terms of wanting to learn from them um but she she would let's see what she was actually doing bringing in some sparkle uh and that sparkle was sort of like a cleaning like a, a, a scrubbing bubble to like augment any releasing you were doing. She'd be like, oh, it looks like something's up and and you you were trying to, you know, clear it yourself. And um, she would come in to kind of fluff it up and try to get it to, <laughs> to move more. <laughs> to move uh, almost like pop a bubble is what she says, pop a bubble. Hmm. And she's uh, also saying what I was telling you about her, how she felt about her relationship with you in terms of feeling safe and feeling um, secure in order to be able to pull things together and look at some of the trauma that she liked to, trauma, it's a heavy word, but like kind of conflict in the, in, in existence that we experienced. She, uh, she felt she did that for you as well. It was easier for her, she said, because you don't, um, she didn't it wasn't the same stuff like she could see yours better than she could see hers oh. so together you guys were releasing um um hard stuff to look at let's put it that way um yeah it, but within this safe uh relationship there's nothing like a pit bull for hugs and kisses and cuddles boy they they're good they're good snuggle healers right <laughs> oh completely <laughs> a lot of people don't know that about them but you're never cold if you own a pit bull. Or, yeah, or you are cold because they have all the blankets. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was always cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so another pet or um, you said something about kind of interest in sort of the combination of maybe what all your pets have been working with. Yeah, definitely. Um, before my dog passed, my, my cat Wicket passed away too, um, about a year before she did. And can you say her name, please? Yes, Wicket, Wicket, Wicket. She really expanded when she died. She really like um, was very, she enjoyed that like transition from 
you know, where you have to shove your spirit into this little body <laughs> or this big meat body. And then you can, <laughs> when you die, you can, your spirit can be as big as you want because there's no time, no space, and you don't have to drag around. Instead <laughs> of buds, blood and bones. Yeah. Uh, so that was a big sense of release for her. Relief, even. And she's showing me that she has met with her um, guides, her soul group. One in particular, um, which is appearing as a white cat. It just looks like kind of its spirit body as opposed to a white cat you knew or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, And she's, she said, we talk, we talk about things. We just talk about things. She too is also new to a cat's body, uh, only maybe four or five um, lifetimes as a cat. So mm -hmm. she also was kind of trying to figure out uh, how to live as a cat, how to be a cat, what happens to a cat. Um, and she's had other lifetimes where she was a cat, but not necessarily a pet. Um, so those were kind of more survival lifetimes and also just experiencing that kind of wild feralness, that wild uh, side to being a cat. Um, and she said when she was young with you, sometimes that was hard to be in a house, an apartment, like just to contain her wild side to her. Sorry, wickets. <laughs> I know. <laughs> a lot of cats are facing that problem right now. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of cats have been in their in a cat body, in a cat in a domestic contained space for many lifetimes. So they they don't it's not as big of an adapt and it, they don't have to adapt as much, but she had to learn to adapt. Oh, I see. And then let's see what she was doing with you. Do you uh, want to talk about Becky? <laughs> so she, uh, I often see this when I say, let's look at mommy or daddy. They circle around. <laughs> and and uh, she's circling around your heart chakra. And specifically how the heart chakra acts as a bridge between the spirit and the physical. The lower mm -hmm. chakras are the physical chakras. And so she, she was uh, helping you with, her, with that bridge aspect of your fourth chakra. Okay. And she's showing me a candle. Why are you showing me a candle? Um, keeping, helping you keep that light burning, helping you... Um, were you um, studying psychic work or spirituality when you were with her? Um, I, I started mostly, um, I, I think, after she passed away. I, was, I think that there was some, some interest peaked, um, but, but mostly after she passed away. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and of course, you know, formal training is one thing and you came to it with already your own <laughs> training and knowledge, just even from your birth, you had stuff you were thinking about and experiencing as a spirit. And so that's where she would keep that fire burning just to um, really keep you with one, one paw in the spirit world. She says. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> it is cute. She's a nice kitty. Aww. I, I I can see that she's like independent and really like she knows herself as a spirit and she knows she has spirit stuff, but she did really like being your cat and really like you and like being with you. But, you know, not sometimes there's a desperation or they really miss you or something. And she's just kind of like, well, you know, People die, and you know, she's kind of. She's. I don't want to say she's okay with it. It's just not a thing. It's just not. Like she was a very practical cat when she was alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I like my schedule. She says, "I like my schedule." <laughs> Did you have a question for her or anything? Um, I, I guess I want to know, like, or if she knows if we're going to cross paths again. Oh, okay. <laughs> My dog next to me is having a, chasing a rabbit or something in a dream. Oh, cute. <laughs> <laughs> She does not have that mock-up. <clears throat> I can see that you do. And a lot of that has to do with sort of feeling that you can't uh, pursue the spiritual um, path as easily without um, someone holding the light for you, holding space for you, and, and reminding mm-hmm. you to keep one, one paw in the spirit world. <laughs> 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 and you know one pot in the spirit world is a funny way of looking at it where it's a lot of people learn the spiritual life by living like really really traumatic lives and then they yeah it's kind of hard right like you'd rather have yeah. a kitten to remind you no. <laughs> definitely what a way to mock up some amazing grace becky <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, well, I see that shifting even as kind of we talk about it, um, seeing you shift to more uh, seniority for your own um, space holding for yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. And absolutely, uh, it's a great way to remember how to be spiritual by having animals. It's, uh, obviously, what I do. Um, but <laughs> I, yeah, but the the idea that you, that you can't do it by yourself is... Uh, falling away um because it's not true um and and she she she's telling me she doesn't really she has more faith in you about it than than you do she's like well i i i just don't see that that we need to do that um i see that other lifetimes you guys might come back together uh 
And that really depends on kind of the conversation she's having. And this is from her, what I'm saying, the conversation she's having with that white cat I talked about in terms of like what she learned in this lifetime and what she's going to learn next. That's really her focus right now. Her focus isn't kind of like, when am I going to see Becky again? It's, um, if, if she determines that what she wants to learn in her next lifetime is uh, congruent with what you're going through, then she'll connect with you. Okay. And let's just see how many past lives you guys have had together already. You had a, a past life with her like really early on in your soul's um, wow. journey. Mm-hmm. Before we even had sort of pets we had kind of animals that like to hang around us um because of the benefits we provided you know just like squirrels hang around us they're not really our pets they benefit from the trees we plant and things um so that she was um a bird actually and then other lifetimes you've had um another also bridge lifetime a heart chakra a fifth chakra and a sixth chakra lifetime. I don't know what it is about turtles, but I always see turtle lifetimes. Um, that sixth chakra was a turtle lifetime. She was, she was a big turtle. <laughs> like an ocean turtle. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that looks like where she got a kind of a lot of her attitude towards being um, like independent and, you know, that they're not, they're, they're like social animals, but they, they live alone as well. Yes, she was very, I mean, her attitude, I needed her more than she needed me, obviously. Yeah, (laughs) it's what the reading is indicating. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not always true of cats. Sometimes they really do have a specific um, uh, thing they're working on, especially if they were like, uh, well, I've I've seen anyway, uh, if they were sickly or something like that, but um, they want somebody to fight for them, that kind of thing. But she, she, she didn't really, uh, how, did she die of old age or? She? she died of uh, um, she had a tumor on her spleen and she was old mm-hmm. yeah well I think it's interesting that you have your most recent animals have spleen and thyroid which are immune system um, um uh, focus points. Um, you know, you can get all sorts of uh, things that happen to your spleen and thyroid. Those are the ones they want to always take out when they don't know what to do when you have autoimmune issues. And that's often invalidation as well as a, as a female autoimmune diseases. Um, not that I don't really actually like to use the autoimmune word. It's more of an imbalance in the endocrine system. And it can be caused by all sorts of things. It doesn't have to be about like, because you hate your body. Um, Right. (laughs) And another animal 
looks like you um, have you to choose from. I had um, a cat named Forest. Forest, Forest, Forest. Was he only your cat, or was that like with your parents? And um, it was me and my husband, but we got him from a friend. Yeah, because he looks attached to a lot of people. <laughs> He's making a dramatic entrance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was aptly named because he is very much an earth being. He literally is coming up to my, into my reading screen. Whereas mostly (laughs) I see them coming from the side. And that's a lot because of the way I, Ask them to come in, but he's like, Whoa. <laughs> he's I'm earth, I'm earth spirit, <laughs> and he has uh, showing me um, a lot of emotion. He has a lot of emotion, just a big uh, second chakra animal, uh, very emotional. At least the, the way he's presenting right now. So, um, what about Becky? Remember Becky? He said that's a silly question. Of course he remembers Becky. Okay, so he's showing me um, something about his intestinal tract that you helped him with his intestinal tract. Um, well, he and that had... was second chakra is intestinal tract. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, um, he he also had a splenic tumor, which was weird. A what kind of tumor? A spleen tumor? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so that just, uh, that whole... Uh, or second chakra spleen i'm just trying to see if it would you know in the context of you since that's really the exercise uh okay so i keep saying you know show me the work you were doing with becky but he's much more interested in showing the work becky was doing with him okay let's see where that goes there's a some energy inside of his, like in second chakra intestinal area that goes up into his lungs. Um, It's a very dark energy. So it makes me think it's some foreign energy in terms of spiritual foreign energy. Uh, something you picked up from the previous owner and brought to you guys. So you guys actually um, removed him from this um, tangled spiritual relationship with this um, other human. The other human had a, a being in his his space, her space, her space, and that 
the being was bothering Forrest and, and still was when you owned him, when he lived with you, he still was struggling with that. So your love and your husband's love really, uh, again, another creates safety for dealing with uh, a challenging situation. And it would cause him anxiety and um, discomfort in his abdomen. Okay. Specifically the um, well, spleen and some of the other organs as well. So everybody's trying to teach you about spleens, huh? <laughs> oh boy, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I know. What does the spleen do again? <laughs> I know. <laughs> All I know is they always try to remove it when you have a... Yeah, I'm pretty sure we can live without it. Just need some supplements after that, right? Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, the spleen does is part of the um, digestive system in terms of uh, does um, secrete and, and clear things. So uh, it does serve a function. It's just that uh, we don't die if we don't have it. It's not like if I remove if you removed your heart, you would not. It, uh, but it's not uh, not a thriving body to have, not have a spleen. Is there anything specifically you wanted to ask, Forrest? Um, I don't think that I want to ask him anything. Um, I just want to, I want all my pets to know how much I love them, how much they meant to me. Well, they've all been saying, you know, how safe they felt with you and how like you were healing them with your love. And so uh, when you had them alive, they, they definitely knew that. They definitely knew that. Um, whether they're, uh, no, I mean, they carry, they have carried that on into their, into their, their lifetimes. Now, Forrest is, longer gone so he's a little more beyond your uh, lifetime with you but just to mm -hmm. ask him that reincarnated or what he's been doing he wanted to be um an animal that lives underground so he's actually uh like a some kind of mouse bowl thing he wants to be able to dig in the dirt and be with the dirt <laughs> be one with the dirt <laughs> <laughs> that's just me <laughs> he had a really cool personality yeah no he's entertaining that's for sure mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> I, I, i'm having trouble sorting out kind of like what he's telling you and what he's just riffing and like being silly and and uh, showing mm -hmm. off yeah um, but he's, yeah, he's a little vole, he's lived underground for six lifetimes ever since, because they don't live very long. <laughs> wow. Live. So he keeps reincarnating because he wants to uh, play with the dirt. Hmm. And then neither of the other animals have reincarnated the dog or the cat. Let's just ask um, one more time about 
go out Becky for us. Do you want to show? Oh, okay, here we go. Now we can talk about that. Responsibility. I was teaching her about responsibility. And I was helping her with her own um, other responsibilities. Bringing more consciousness to um, that which she took on as a responsibility. And sometimes would get too heavy for her. So I would try to bring that um, by distracting her and requiring her to take care of me. She would uh, let go of responsibilities that were not her own, that she was not conscious that she was taking on. Well, there you go. When we get an answer, we get an answer. Yeah, thanks, dude. (laughs) And I see that as a heaviness on your shoulders is a reason why we say we carry things on our shoulders about responsibility Mm -hmm. because it really does collect there. Um, And it was part of your, um, just part of your maturation, part of your growing up about learning what what was yours to worry about and what what you had to to take care of for yourself and what other people had to take care of for themselves. Right. And letting go too, also of some larger picture things like, um, you know, human, human experience and things that that uh, looks like you let bother you when you were younger. And as you've gotten older, you kind of like, well, um, choose to do things about stuff I can do something about. And um, if it, if it's ruining my life, if it's making me sad or making me sick, then I'm not any good to anybody. So I'm going to just striking that balance of being responsible for others. Yeah. As we all, all of us empaths have struggled with. (laughs) (laughs) How far to go? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He looks straight at me. He goes, is that enough? Cheeky. Well, he didn't mm-hmm. say it sarcastically. He's just like, is well, is that enough? <laughs> oh, how about some more? That was so articulate. Can't you say something else? <laughs> <laughs> okay, something to do with your most recent past life. That's even more interesting. Um, so I see this past life connecting into um between your shoulder blades part of the reason we feel that angels have wings is because we literally can feel uh, our past is connecting into that spot so the cat was very forest was very aware of that and your struggle to separate from your most recent past life and the energy that you brought through um into this lifetime so he he is showing me he would literally go down those paths of connection to that past life and um and let's see do what that's kind of cool never seen anybody do that um he's saying he would explain like he would explain like why things happen and what the things you so we get stuck in uh parts of our lives even this life and in other lifetimes so in order to free you from that stuck part he'd be like well this is what happened and why that person did that and why you don't you know and so that would help you go oh okay that's a i don't need to sit here and figure it out 
I could like mm-hmm. let it go and let it come back to me. So he helped you reintegrate with your most recent past life. Some of the things where you were trying to figure out there. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. I, um, in my training, um, figure it out energy is to be avoided. Like if you find yourself kind of figure out why that person said that, then it just keeps you there and it actually makes strengths it and builds it mm-hmm. instead of going, huh, let me just, uh, blow some karma or, uh, you know, or whatever psychic tools you have and just use those tools and move on. But, um, mm-hmm. You don't uh, need to caught up, get caught up in competition or resentment or any of those things. Why did they do that? Why did they do that? And part of it looks like in that lifetime was to avoid the treatment that you got. You were trying to figure it out so you yourself wouldn't repeat that. Oh. Mm-hmm. If I just do it this way, then they won't do it that way. Hmm. Thank you, Forrest. That was cool. Let's see, <laughs> he liked that, and and he said that was a tremendous healing for him too. That he he also when he would help heal you, that he would feel better too. So even right now, just talking about it, telling me about it, is making him. He's like kind of his energy is. Yeah. I w- I just want to ask you all of the questions, like. How long have you have you been doing this, and when did you know that you had this gift? And when you mean this, do you mean animal communications or psychic? Yes, uh-huh. or uh, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I've known all my life uh, how to talk with animals, and they've been talking to me. Um, trees as well, rocks, uh, bugs you know, mountains, I've had big moments where it was very clear that I was getting a message from um, an inanimate object. Um, Mm -hmm. So um, and as far as formal training, I started training probably 10 years ago now. Um, and a combination of things in my life. I, I was a television producer for, um, 30 years. And Mm -hmm. so I work in, um, that kind of communications and now I work in energy communication or animal communications. And, uh, I've had a chronic, uh, autoimmune illness, uh, my whole life and it got, um, much worse in my twenties. And so I spent most of my time and energy and money trying to figure out uh, how to deal with that and made a big, lots of big lifestyle changes. And I did get to the point where um, I was going down pretty far down rabbit holes with um, treatments. And so the thing that is the most uh, effective for me is an energy modality called NATE, N-A-E-T. And that was, uh, life-changing for me helped me to be able to eat a more wide variety of foods and um, not be um, sick a lot of the time. So um, unfortunately, it's very expensive. And so um, I've always wanted to uh, learn how to do it myself. And um, 
when I heard about energy healing, I wanted to learn how to do that. And then of course I, I didn't, I just kept putting it off. But then I, I had a big parenting challenge, a big um, crash my, when my son went off to um, high school. Um, a lot of, you know, high school boy stuff hit the fan. Yeah. And, and uh, that was a, a big crisis for me. Uh, and then I really went, I, I was like, I got to learn how to meditate. I need to to, to calm down. So I, I actually took him to um, the local psychic school. And uh, when she was healing him in the other room, I got a tremendous healing because basically what she was doing is pulling me out of his space. <laughs> so she invited, <laughs> invited me to come to the classes because she could see, you know, he wasn't going to, he was a child and stuff. So, so I started doing the classes and then it seemed like, oh, I had some aptitude for it. I also um, have been going attending Quaker meeting for 30 years, um, mm -hmm. and that is silent meditative worship. So that was also very good training for sitting and listening to spirit. Okay. So. That's amazing. And how do you, I, I always ask this to my, my clairvoyant friends, but how, how do you know what you're interpreting isn't just your mind? Or how do you keep yourself sane, I guess? Because I feel, I know that sounds weird, but this is coming from somebody that doesn't have any type of ability. So me just thinking if I got pictures in my head or answers, I don't know how I would process that. So how do you mm -hmm. process it? Or how does it work? Well, I think you're asking me two crazy, two, two questions. How do I not <laughs> let it drive me crazy? And how do I know it's true? Mm -hmm. um, well, the modality I studied is, was uh, designed at the Berkeley Psychic Institute in the 60s. And um, a bunch of uh, schools spinned off from there. And I studied at the Boulder Psychic Institute. And uh, when you are in your kind of earlier years of training, they, they'll encourage you to ask for validation in your readings which means you um ask to get information that says what you're seeing is true so i've had hundreds and hundreds of people say oh yeah i know that past life or oh yes that would be my brother who died when i was 10 like just constant constant validation and these are people who I didn't even open my eyes to see their faces. Mm -hmm. You know, I, there was no, all I knew were their, was their names. And all of a sudden I know their brother died when they were 10, when he was wow. 10 and, and that he's coming through and he wants to talk and that there's this thing that this person needs to release. And, you know, I'm just validation, validation, validation. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of it, uh, Oh, and um, I have been getting this information my whole life. My brother calls me the lightning rod because I would always blurt out stuff uh, that I was reading, <laughs> that I was picking up on an energy or spiritual level. And people weren't necessarily appreciative of hearing the truth. Um, my mother named me Allison, which means child of truth. So I always say it's her fault. <laughs> she's the one that complains the most because 
I, she doesn't want me to get in trouble. And I, it does get me in trouble sometimes that I say, oh, well, that's because blah, 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 blah. And then I just go, whoa, what I, I shouldn't say these things. So that, <laughs> that has been a struggle for me as a psychic to, um, uh, to, to learn to, uh, control when I say those things or when it's appropriate to, uh, basically give, you know, diagnosis as it were for a situation. And I've learned to gauge as well, how people, um, pick up, uh, what I'm saying. Um, I'll stop for instance, when your cat Forrest said that he ha- had an agreement with a being that he had from his previous owner, I stopped and looked to see if you could hear that information. Okay. Cause sometimes when you start talking about beings, it's scary. People think, oh, Hollywood ghosts. And then they, they lose, they don't hear you. So, or they get freaked yeah. out and they don't like you. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm. well, the things that you said it, that, especially about Forrest, like I can just, I can just see him saying these things to you in a way, because he was a very highly, emotional cat just in the way that he could pick up whenever I was upset about something he was the only pet in the house that would come to me and like comfort me at the time so like just everything that you've said has come through like that is so forest mm-hmm. like it's just it's amazing like I yeah. it, it's like he's here with me that like that's how my that's how close I feel no oh. about about how your conversation with him that's just it's great to hear yeah um but that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Validation. That's val- you're validating that what I've never met your cat. I just met mm-hmm. you, and yet right. your cat's telling me exactly what you know he did. Yeah. That he's a second chakra cat. He's an emotional cat, and that he was in tune with you, like to a level that you weren't in tune to yourself. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was really special. That guy. Like he was everybody's favorite. He was so funny, and I mean. He was psycho sometimes, but I think that that was just him having the best best time that he could as a cat. It was so cool. Ah, uh, here's for <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to do another validation. You you talked about my cat Wicket just bursting out of her body, like spiritually, and I felt her gone. I just felt that she like it was a really weird sensation. I think it was just like a day or two later. And I was just like, she is not here anymore. She's, she's gone. And it was just poof. So that like, not even seeing that or knowing that I felt that what you said was, was very validating with what I felt, I guess. Yeah. I love when people hire me when they're, um, when they're euthanizing their animals, sometimes in the vet comes to their house or whatever. And, they'll hire yeah. me to come and, and, and provide support. And, um, it's kind of hard for me because the cat is very excited about it and I'm very excited about it. I don't have the same idea about death. I think death is really cool. And so the people are, are very sad and I'm like, okay, be sad. It's a sad time. But, uh, you know, the cat knows I know, or the animal knows I know, and mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've seen some miracles happen, just miracles, just incredible, like, I don't know, explosions of energy that it just, it must feel so good to the animal, especially if they've been ill. 
yeah, my cat wicket was, was sick before she died. And so I'm glad that she was able to, to feel release and feel better after that. That's very comforting to know. Yeah. Um, it is. And I, I really appreciate, uh, your view on death. And I, I wish that everybody had that same feeling mm-hmm. that it's, it's something to rejoice in a way. And that, do you, do you feel like, um, we all meet again sometime down the road or are some of these just for passing life kind of relationships? Mm-hmm. Um, well, not everybody meets again and, you know, it's always in a different kind of relationship, so you don't necessarily recognize it. Um, I definitely feel we we attract the people um, that we need to have, or the pets that we need to have in that in that time in that moment, um, which is a good thing to realize if you have had a, a difficult relationship with somebody. Um, that you're like, well, okay, you know, you have to look at it and say, okay, I, I, I kind of made that happen. Like one of the things we work on getting rid of is like this victim energy is called. And, um, it's a ve- a good way of protecting yourself from your feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. how do I take ownership to what, what happened in that moment? Um, Yeah. Yeah, we can get far down a rabbit hole that brings up all some sensitive topics. So, I'm like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes we talk about that stuff on here. So, <laughs> but that's- yeah, and I'm I'm not I'm happy to talk about it, but it does definitely uh, blows people away. For instance, if you're in a relationship with your parent, uh, your parents are your survival until you're six or seven, seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. A seven or eight year old can like live on the street by themselves not great choice but um uh until that time if your parent doesn't really have their act together you're going to try to heal that parent so Mm -hmm. if you have an alcoholic parent or uh verbally emotionally sexually abusive parent then all of those things you're going to uh do willingly in order to heal them okay yeah um and so part of the training as well is like, okay, what things do you want to stop doing? You don't need to heal this person anymore for your survival. So it's time to stop. And it gets set you up for patterns as well in your life, like finding other people who need healing and you, and you somehow connect it to your own survival. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We've, my sister and I do, um, we do a yearly episode for people that have suffered trauma and how they survived it. So there is definitely a pattern to that. And I mean, I completely agree with you. You have to either live like this for the rest of your life or just realize that you can't take care of everybody in a sense, um, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, anyways. <laughs> do you think that- <laughs> it's very liberating when you stop. <laughs> Yeah. And it can go on for quite a while. Um, and I had to learn that like, lesson as a parent, you know, to learn that, um, mm-hmm. there was nothing I could do to make my child do what I, what I felt he needed to do. And if he chose to have a life where he, uh, suffered, then, um, there's nothing I could do about it. Um, all I can do is to say, well, I, 
I didn't choose that life. I don't want to suffer. So I'm not going to suffer for him. Um, And I have to learn that lesson pretty much every couple months now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It is interesting to see people who were healers for many, many, many lifetimes. And then, then they decide, well, I, I want to be one of the addicts or sick people, you know, to see what it's like on the other side. And, and then, you know, then you happen to get to be that person's mother or something. And then you try to stop them from being a heroin addict, stop them from being whatever they're doing. And it doesn't, um, it doesn't work. You have to be quite violent about pushing them off this path. And inevitably it never works. They go back because they wanted to live that life. Now they may choose to be born like in Portugal where they have, um, federal help for addicts and they want to learn like be an addict and then recover from being an addict. Now that person might actually take your help. Uh, but, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's easier for me to watch as time goes by when I see other people, uh, having some kind of what I would call hard lives or, or horrible deaths and go, Oh, okay. Well, what were they hoping to learn there? And yeah. Do you, do you feel like, um, our life, all of our lives are just a continual learning experience and it's something that we're going to take on to the next? Yeah, I, I believe that, um, well, humans, let's talk about humans. Uh, they specifically want to experience the full range of human emote, human experience. So if you've had two, 3000 lifetimes, you're not going to pick the same lifetime all the time. You're going to want to pick the whole spectrum. So here's suffering and here's thriving. You're going to have some lives where you're thriving and some lives where you're suffering so that you can experience that full range. Cause that's where choice lives choice and our free will, which is what humans are, uh, you know, is spiritually, well, at least that's kind of, well, religion says <laughs> free will is <laughs> yeah no it's, it's hard to express these things but you know we do have more free will than say an animal who really is just here for survival we are here to like be able to use our brains and our emotions and our musical talent and our artistic talent and be like at these kind of higher levels of thriving mm-hmm. so we every every time we have a lifetime our little baby spirit says I'm going to be born to that mommy because she's going to let me, she's going to teach me to play the violin and I want to experience music at its optimum. Like I want to experience that. Um, So that's why you pick this family and you may go, why did I pick this family? That mother was so awful, but she did teach you violin. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, maybe you, Maybe you pick the, you know, maybe the next lifetime you pick like really nice mommy who also teaches you the violin. So, <laughs> but you know, life's always got something, 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 right? It's totally true. There's, there's no easy ride, no matter who you are. You have to experience something that's experiencing life. Yeah. Well, life, so. life, life is easy if you don't resist it. Yeah. So that's um, the lesson I've learned from um, having a chronic illness is, well, it's, um, it's, it's not going away probably. So I have to be, uh, kind of, uh, bend with it, you know? Right. 
and uh, set up my life so I can bend with it. Um, and I, I chose a life where, <clears throat> you know, I was born a white woman in America and, and you know, I have the, the, the funds and I support for my husband to be able to like nap when I need to kind of thing. But, um, you know, I'm sure that there's people who choose to have my kind of illness and they, they end up being like a street urchin in a developing country. And it's a much, and, and I've had those lifetimes too. So, um, I guess I was just done with them. I wanted a different flavor of, (laughs) and if I hadn't had this challenge with my son, I would not have become a professional psychic. I can tell you right now that, that that is why I chose a child who challenges me the way he does so that I can learn to keep, keep out of things, Mm -hmm. be neutral and look at things like horrible. Cause when you do psychic readings, you, you see horrible things happening, right? Plagues and everything. Yeah. How do you, um, how do you decompress from that? Because I feel like you probably experienced that then too, right? Experience it during the reading? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. No. I no. I'm the That's training good. is to remain neutral and stay out of it. And mm-hmm. <laughs> again, it's kind of like death uh, and my attitude towards death. I kind of even sometimes think those situations where they're very traumatic and awful are sometimes they're funny to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, well. And if you can laugh at something like something you did in a past life that, you know, led to you getting badly treated or killed and you can laugh, then you don't get stuck there. Then you're like, da, I did that. I did that four lifetimes in a row. That's so stupid of me. (laughs) But that's the kind of psychic I am too, because I I really strongly believe in humor, and I have been told I have a good sense of humor. But so my 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 readings are tend to be a lot of laughing, even though we look at trauma a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this interview and for giving me a reading. It's really I've really taken away a lot from it, and I I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Um, where can people, uh, reach you? Um, I have a website and it's called boulderpetpsychic.com. So you get all the information about prices and how a session goes and my background and stuff like that. And I also have a, uh, twice monthly animal healing clinic on Wednesdays through the divine healing center. And you can sign up at the divine healing center in California for uh, 20 minutes healings, uh, 15 minute healings for $20. So um, that's every other, uh, well, twice a month. Yeah. Um, And that's a great way to sort of bathe in the world of animal communications because you're welcome to stay for the whole two hours, um, Mm -hmm. the whole two hours that uh, it goes on. Well, thank you once again for coming on and um, I'll leave all of your information where people can get in contact with you and, and stuff like that. And, and, I, and just thank you so much. I, I appreciate this. Yeah. Thank you. Great. <laughs> yeah. 
I just wanted to thank Allison again. Thank you so much for agreeing to do my reading and also the interview afterwards. It was so much fun, so insightful, and it really helped put my mind at ease about uh, where my pets are and how they're doing. If you would like for her to do a reading for you, you can reach her at boulderpetpsychic.com. She has a list of all of her services and prices there, and I highly recommend it if you ever wanted to get in touch with your pet. Um, thank you for listening, and we're stu still doing the fundraiser, so please keep on listening. Share the episodes. That is the easiest way for us to, to donate, or for you to donate to the fundraiser. You can donate yourself by going to the National Black Justice Coalition. Um, I think it's nbjc.com. And you can click to donate there if you want to do that on your own. Um, you can buy our products, our stickers, um, and other artwork is on redbubble.com. Just search Strange Story. And you can get it on anything there. I actually bought a hoodie, and it looks really cool. And if you buy something, you know, let us know. I'd love to see what it looks like or if you like it. Um, we still have t-shirts available with the Skinwalker design on them. Please get in contact with us. We have them in women's cut and men's cut. Uh, we're, we're running out of sizes because you guys are just fucking badass and awesome and y'all bought a bunch of them up so I really appreciate that and if you buy a t-shirt you usually get a couple of extra goodies along with that as well um, subscribe, rate, and review us if you review us please give us a nice one um, take a snapshot of that send it to our email address at ihaveastrangestorypodcast at gmail.com with your physical mailing address and we will mail you some physical stickers and uh, hopefully next time Lindsay will be on the show so things are going to get a lot better from here <laughs> thank you so much for listening I appreciate every single one of you you have absolutely no idea and until next time bye